Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, as promised, I'm going to talk about why women asked for divorces. And look, there's a million reasons that relationships end. Uh, but what I'm doing in this episode, as well as in the one about why men ask for divorces, is trying to give you a summary and overview of the patterns that I see based on my clinical experience um, working with couples and individuals for over a decade um, in private practice. So, by the way, um, even if you can't get an appointment with me or you can't afford me um, and you want therapy, I do have a group practice, Best Life Behavioral Health, and that is in the description of this podcast. And I have a lot of therapists working for me more all the time, so you can always get therapy there if this um, podcast is really piquing your interest in what it would be like to be in therapy and to be really actively working on some of the things that you you're trying to address by listening to this. So that is always an option because I can't um, work with everybody that wants to work with me, which is why I expanded. So anyhow, what are some reasons that women ask for divorces? Well, honestly, women ask for the majority of divorce and it's usually when the kids are a little bit older and they can think straight and or when the kids are out of the house. And the number one reason that I see that women ask for divorce is because of unresolved empathic ruptures that they just could not get over in their history with their husbands. And eventually over time, they start to think that these will never be resolved and uh, and that there's, it's just too late, that there's too much water under the bridge. So what are examples of some of these empathic ruptures that I see most commonly? A lot of them have to do with the earliest stages of the relationship. And um, uh, a lot of them are in the early stages of the relationship even before kids. And then many come when the children are young. So this is why I have my, uh, I wrote an article, The Young Mother Stage and Why You Should Come Home Early from Work, where I discuss the fact that for many women, really all women, biologically, when you have tiny little children, you're pregnant, you're nursing, or you have a tiny baby, this is a very biologically vulnerable time. You feel very exposed to danger evolutionarily, and your mood is going to be more all over the place. You're going to struggle with postpartum depression, whether or not that is diagnosed. Um, many women have it, or postpartum anxiety. 80% of the women have the baby blues, which is like a little version of postpartum depression for a couple weeks after the baby's born. So anyway, during this time, is when I hear about a lot of women um, feeling like their husbands just weren't there for, for them. And this can range from uh, the guy did not stay overnight at the hospital during the birth to uh, he w never got up with the baby at all, even when she was deeply struggling. 
and or he did not protect her from interactions with in-laws or other people at that time that she found very painful or difficult or stressful. So if you're thinking, why would a woman wait like 15, 20 years to divorce a man when that was the problem that she had? Why can't she just get over it? Well, people don't just get over shit. I mean, that's things that are more traumatic and deeper cutting are very hard to just get over. And in most situations, by the way, these people have not tried to, quote, get over it. So if you're listening to this podcast, it's either because you're already divorced and trying to understand it, or you're trying to inoculate your marriage against the uh, possibility of future divorce, in which case this is a super important point. If you have empathic ruptures about the young mother time or any other time in your life with your husband and you don't want to get divorced eventually, then try to work on that stuff now in couples counseling, right? Because you're not doing yourself any favors trying to swallow a bitter pill of misery and resentment because this is just going to pop up later. So yeah, that is a big reason that I see is unresolved empathic ruptures such that the woman started to feel disconnected at the time. She usually tries very hard to say that she was upset, but the man at that point can't hear it. He himself is stressed or he just uh, feels defensive or whatever and eventually gets put under the rug, but it comes back out with every major fight. And then eventually she just says to herself, why should I be with somebody that I have this much resentment toward? This isn't good. And she leaves. Another reason that women leave their marriages after a while is sex. And this isn't because she wants somebody sexier. Far from it. This is because she's tired of having sex with somebody that she's not attracted to and that's always making it a problem, particularly if she is kind of ramping down hormonally and she's either in perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, and she just doesn't feel like it anymore. She just really does not feel like having sex anymore with somebody that she's really not that attracted to and that and everything has to be kind of a fight. And at this point, when you have really no sex hormones to speak of and you're not really super in love with your husband, then it really does start to seem quite ridiculous that you are being forced to do something physically. Not that the man is forcing you, but that you are being cajoled or entreated to do something that you find kind of absurd because that's how it feels when you no longer have the hormonal push and most women then kind of don't want to do it anymore you know and so this is a major reason that some relationships end and in fact I get a lot of couples in their like late 50s and the woman just doesn't want to have sex anymore and she's trying to go in to couples counseling in some sort of hope that this that that maybe he will understand her perspective or he'll stop asking he's not going to stop asking nor do I believe he should and so this is kind of a reason that people should end on both sides is when one person doesn't want to have sex anymore and I actually wrote a post about that and I can link to that for you. So what is another reason that women initiate divorce? Because of parenting issues. So women are usually super committed to their kids and when they feel like their spouse is is a bottleneck, is in opposition to them, is making everything difficult, is too hard on the kids, whatever. And this has been going on for years and years. Sometimes it just reaches the point where they no longer feel any connection with this man at all. And at that point, they are kind of ready to go. 
And so there's something called the walkaway wife syndrome that I talk about, and I didn't come up with it. Michelle Weiner Davis, who wrote The Sex-Starved Marriage, came up with it. At least I think she did. I heard her speak many years ago. And she talks about like this time where women are trying really, really hard in the early or mid-marriage to make the man understand them and to pay more attention to them and hang out with them and whatever, and to resolve empathic ruptures and work on the marriage and all of this. And then at some point, the woman just stops, and the man thinks, man, she finally came to her senses. She probably just calmed down like I've been telling her to, and now we're going to live happily ever after. Then she leaves in like 10 years or five years or one year. Either way, at that moment where she stopped being so problematic from his perspective, it really wasn't a good sign. It meant that intellectually and emotionally, she had um, detached and realized that the problems were insurmountable and she was going to stay to keep an intact home for the kids and then she was gonna get out. And so when she makes that plan, that is when she, quote, calms down, but that's not a very good sign. There's a bad sign, bad sign, because what that means in reality is that she's no longer in it to win it at all, and she is um, making her emotional and or pragmatic plans to leave. Um, if you feel that this is uh, disingenuous, this happens with both genders all the time where people stay together for the kids and then they have their escape plan, which could be more or less fleshed out. Sometimes it's only a very fuzzy specter in the distance, but they know that they cannot keep this up forever and they do not envision growing old with this person, but they do not want to put their kids through a stress of a divorce. So, you know, that is an individual decision. All right, and what else is a reason that women initiate divorce? Sometimes they fall in love with somebody else or they, are, they start to become attracted to somebody else. And so this is whether or not that relationship is consummated. Women will, especially if they feel that they have never felt anything like this before and they are newly in love in a different sort of way, that can frequently make them leave. Now, if you're thinking that this is, you know, uh, immoral or something, let me reassure you that this happens across gender, through all people, through all history of the world. And um, it's really not immoral to fall in love with somebody. What would be immoral is to cheat. You know, it could be considered immoral to get yourself into a position where you could fall in love with somebody, but most of these women aren't actively um, trying people out on Tinder. It's more like they're working with somebody and they fall in love with them or whatever. So I have seen that happen with women. Particularly, it's interesting because men more frequently have had more partners than women uh, prior to marriage. So for women, sometimes like the guy that they marry is kind of the only guy they've really been with and then if they fall in love with somebody else it's like oh wow this is what everybody's talking about I didn't have this kind of love in my marriage that was really the only man I was with and I want to have this sort of connection with somebody before I die and usually this most happens to women that are in emotionally disconnected marriages you know that are uh, very emotionally unfulfilling they may even be in the walkaway wife kind of waiting it out stage and then bam, they fall in love with somebody and then they that puts a timeline and an urgency to the need to leave, which was previously just kind of uh, floating around in the back of their mind. So that is another reason that women choose to leave. Now, if you recognize yourself in any of these descriptors, 
you know, it, it is really incumbent upon you if you want to give your marriage a fair shot to recognize some of this is happening if you're hearing it now and then to get you and your husband into couples counseling. Honestly, couples counseling doesn't always work. As I talk about, many people wait until the relationship basically is like in a do not resuscitate mode and there's no possible way that I could come in there. I'm not Harry Houdini and I cannot fix something that has deceased previously. But if you can get in during the window of time where your marriage may still recover. So like if you're younger, I have some couples in their 30s. Awesome. Great. You got a really good prognosis, you know? But if you're waiting till you're in your like late 40s, 50s, usually people are like, man, I spent half my life doing this shit. I'm not even going to do it anymore. This is just a Hail Mary just so I could basically tell myself or the kids or somebody that we did it. Don't wait until that point. Try to get into couples counseling when things are not quite so, you know, horrible. And then you can potentially move yourself out of these scenarios. Now, what about in, in that last case scenario, if, some, if you're already having an affair or an emotional affair? Well, in this case, couples counseling only works. I should probably do a podcast about this uh, itself. But couples counseling doesn't really work when you're having an active affair, you know, and um, people get into this situation and the affair comes out sooner or later. Or they even say, like, I'm not ready to cut it off with this person, but I'm willing to try couples counseling with my spouse. Well, if you're still talking to your affair partner, what's couples counseling going to do? You know, it's really not going to do much. It doesn't even feel real. What feels real is the exciting connection you have with this new partner. So you're going to couples counseling, walking through the uh, steps, but you're not really present. So I never recommend that people go to couples counseling when one person is actively in an affair. It's like trying to do therapy if the person is drunk, because they are. They're drunk on the affair. And I can't do therapy if somebody shows up with a cocktail, and I also can't do therapy with a couple if somebody is actively in love with and seeing somebody else. So both people have to have the commitment to work on things with the very lowest bar requirement to be that you cannot actively be in an affair with somebody else um, for it to work. Of course, like, you know, some people come in anyway and then they decide, I mean, I've not really seen this, but then they decide to stop seeing their affair partner. Okay. You know, sometimes that happens, but not usually. Usually if there is an active ongoing affair with somebody, couples counseling is going to be pretty useless. So you have to wait until you yourself want to get out of the affair. Now, individual therapy can help you with that decision, you know, but if you are still seeing actively an affair partner or an emotional affair partner, that could be even more insidious. Because like, let's say it's the situation where a woman is in love with a guy at work and she's not having sex with him. And they're just like having these cute little texts and stuff. I mean, that's even more insidious because she's going to pretend she's not having an affair. But she is having an affair, and men do this too, obviously. Emotional affairs are super prevalent, especially in these uh, common, in, in this new era of text messaging and having your phone with you constantly. So that that's, um, allows an affair to really flourish when it would not have necessarily flourished that quickly in the past because you can be talking to the person constantly. All right, so anyway, as the overview, those are the main reasons that I see women and marriages. If you feel like those uh, apply to you, then you can get you yourselves into couples counseling as an initial, you know, um, 
attempt to salvage what is left of your marriage. You should not let things go further if you're listening to me talk and you think that this sounds like you. And if you are a man that's listening to this and you think that these apply to your wife, ask her. Ask her, use all of my podcasts to open up conversations with your spouse. This is what I'm doing this for. Um, Is really, this is a resource. If you pass this on, you're listening to it together, it is going to start a conversation. Many, so many women, especially women, have told me, I forward your stuff, my written post, to my husband, but he won't read them. He doesn't like to read things. Okay, cool. He doesn't like to read things. That must work well for him at work. But be, be that as it may, that I think that that's kind of a load of garbage. The guy doesn't want to read it is the point, and he won't then. But a podcast is much more male-friendly. As I mentioned, half my listeners are men, which is a higher percentage than my blog readers. All right, so hopefully this gave you some food for thought, which is my intent. Please uh, like and subscribe to this podcast so that you get bonus paid content. And uh, please rate me on Spotify and Apple and write in with any suggestions for episode topics. And I will talk to everybody soon. Have a great day, guys.